0: 17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one, One. Winning Winning Drive. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of Ravens Postgame Uncensored on 1057 The Fan, here with my guy, Cordell Woodland, host of Shaking It Up Sports on 1057 The Fan, and also covers the Ravens. And I hope you enjoyed your bye week, Cordell. I mean, typically you're very busy, didn't have to really go uh, in, to the castle, didn't have to go to the game. How did you enjoy
1: your bye week first, before we get into anything else? You know what's crazy? I feel like I actually worked harder in the bye week uh, really? than I do on regular weeks. Like you said, I, like we took out having to go to the castle and potentially having to go to a game, uh, but it was just replaced with having to fill in on the station. I was with uh, Haney. I filled in for Vinny, who was on vacation all of last week. So it was cool. I filled in for Vinny all week. And then I, uh, on Friday, I filled in for Tim and Ken on Inside Access on 105.7 Defense. So uh, I, I, it seemed like I was working overtime uh, during that week, but it, it was all right. <laughs> Uh,
0: sorry about that. I, so you yeah, didn't. No, have...
1: no toes in the sand. No toes in
0: the sand for me. <laughs> you. ten toes down, still working hard. That's the yeah. Cordell Woodland we know. Um, we let's expound on something that we discussed last week. We talked about the run game, um, for the Baltimore Ravens, and you had mentioned that, um, you know, this is a passing league, and then the last, you know, few Super Bowl winners have been teams that you know have passed the los angeles rams the tampa bay buccaneers kansas city chiefs and that is very true and uh, my counter to your point was it's not that um, the run game is obsolete i think that it's still very important and i also mentioned the tennessee titans as an example yes i know that they didn't go to the super bowl but they made it to an afc championship simply with um, derrick henry and running play action So here we are now um, at a position where the league tends to have trended up now from a running perspective. And obviously, we know that the Ravens is front and center when it comes to that regard. Is it six consecutive games of 150
1: rushing yards? Uh, For the Ravens?
0: Yeah, it's something to that effect where it's a minimum they've, they've rushed at least six consecutive games 150 or it's not, it may not be consecutive, but it's six games where they've had 150 yards rushing. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a stat, Cordell, that says teams that have done that for six or more games in one season have gone to win Super Bowls. So in a passing league where we try to say the run game is obsolete, we're finding that the run game is not obsolete. Oh, guess what? It takes time off the clock. Oh, guess what? It takes opposing offenses off the field. So maybe the run game is important as important than the
1: passing game. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think the run game is definitely important. I think what what, differed, what, what separates the two is situational football. Um, situations usually calls for you to most likely have to abandon the run game before you have to abandon the pass game, simply because if you're trailing in a game, you're not really going to be able to commit to the run the way that you normally would in a closer game or a game that you have the lead in. So it, we're, I guess my concern for the Ravens and uh, specifically in terms of the pass game, I definitely believe the Ravens can win games with their style of play, running the ball. Um, definitely, even in the in the postseason, that could work for them. My concern is what happens when they're not running the ball as effectively as they're used to doing. Can they rely on the pass game to kind of save them? I don't know if that's the case right now. Right now, from everything I've seen, I don't have trust in in their pass game to where if they had to come back from a double digit game, they would be able to do it behind the pass game. Now, that said, the run game is definitely important. I, I, would, I wouldn't make the argument right now that the run game is probably more important uh, to this year than it's been at any point probably in this modern-day game, um, As far especially over the last five to ten years or so where it's really become super pass-heavy. Um, The run game is at an all time high. I mean, the Ravens, you look at it historically, even especially since Lamar has joined this team. The Ravens have been an anomaly in the run game. The Ravens are far ahead of everybody else in the NFL in terms of uh, the ground game on a yearly basis. But this year, it just seems like things are different and the Ravens are still in that elite group. The Ravens are second in the NFL in rushing. Uh, this year behind Chicago, but that upper that elite group of rushing teams is is kind of th- those numbers are higher than what where we, where we're we used to seeing. Right now, the Bears lead the NFL, averaging two hundred and one yards a game, almost two hundred and two yards uh, a game on the ground. Last year, the leader was Philadelphia. Philadelphia only averaged hundred and fifty nine yards on the ground last year and we can even take it a step further we can go back to uh 2020 the ravens who led the league in rushing that year they averaged 191 let's go back another year now this was the year that the run game for the ravens was historic the ravens averaged 206 yards a game on the Mm. ground in 2019 behind them was the san francisco 49ers who only averaged 144 yards on the ground so you, you look at it right now, this year. One of them made the
0: Super Bowl, by the way, that year. One, I'm just saying. One of them and, did. And when the other one, one them, was a number one seed.
1: Right, right. And granted, the Niners had, you know, the the run game definitely. They also had a very good defense that year. The Ravens had a yeah. really good defense. I mean, you know, the Ravens losing in the playoffs that year, it, it's, it's, it was a head scratcher at the time. Um, it's, it's still a head scratcher to me. I mean, they have lost games. No doubt that they had that they should have that they shouldn't have, have lost. um And you look at it just this year. Like I said, I mean, even they, that year in 2019, the Niners were behind the Ravens, second in the league in rushing, averaging 144 yards on the ground.
0: Mm-hmm. This year,
1: the Ravens are second in the NFL with 168 yards on the ground. Behind them are the Giants, 164 yards on the ground. The Falcons come in in fourth, 160 yards on the ground. The Browns are fifth with 158. Oh, that's five teams that are ahead of the second place team in 2019. And that's also five teams that average pretty much uh, that, that, that would be in that top echelon group, even if we go back to last year. So the rush numbers are going up. And I think it's a combination of a lot of things. It's, you know These defenders, I do think, uh, some, and somebody made a good point to me on Twitter, that these defenders are kind of getting smaller a little bit. These linebackers aren't the big brutes that they used to be back in the day. You're getting slimmer, more agile, quicker linebackers. Um, And in the same token, you're getting bigger, more uh, aggressive style running backs that are coming in. You know, you got your Derrick Henrys. And even if we want to go to this year, you got your Kenneth Walkers. You got your Damian Pierce's. You know, these are rookies that are running hard. Um, and you, you look at you look at it as well. Some of these top elite teams in the NFL and Russian right now, Chicago Bears, Justin Fields leads their team in Russian, the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson leads their team in Russian. Now, obviously, after that, it gets back to the running game situation. I mean, the running back situation, because Saquon Barkley leads the Giants, uh, the Falcons have had a running back by committee, nobody in the NFL, few teams. Uh, the only team that runs the ball more than the Falcons right now is the Chicago Bears by a mile. The, the Bears right now have three hundred and sixty rush attempts on the season. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons, who have played the same amount of games as the Bears, they they only have three twenty-eight. Um, nobody else is pretty much close to that. The Giants are three hundred and ten, and everybody else is under three hundred carries on the season. Even the Ravens uh, right now. So you know, I, I just think it's a it's a combination of teams wanting to possess the ball, teams wanted to cut down on the turnovers um, and be able to kind of control the pace of the game. If you can run the ball effectively, you can, you, you can dictate how the game flow goes for the most part. So um, right now, I think this bodes well for the Ravens to, for this type of thing to go on because they're kind of the, the trendsetters, so to speak, when it comes to the run game in the NFL, especially their style of running. Um, They are kind of the the lead horses in that regard. So if the NFL is kind of trending back towards more, if nothing else, more of a balanced attack, where it's not so pass heavy, it's, it's, it's a lot more run than it used to be. I would imagine that this would benefit a team like the Ravens who are comfortable running the football in any situation.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, listen, you know, this is who they are, and we've talked about this. You know, I am not a big proponent of, of trying to be something that you're not. You don't have the weapons, really, to be a passing team. Um, you're g- really good at running the football. You have, you know, your offensive line is playing at a very high level right now. Use what works to help you win football games. Yes, would you like the Ravens to be more balanced from a Passing perspective, would you like to be Lamar to be a little bit more accurate in certain situations? Absolutely, I am just simply saying that what you do best at this moment is running the football and keeping the time of possession very high. And so, look, we always talk about this I would much rather win ugly than lose pretty. Okay, so you know, winning football games don't have to be pretty. It can just be winning. And running the football is not, you know, attractive. It's not exciting, you know, unless it's like Lamar, you know, spin moving on somebody or such. But it it helps you win football games. And right now the Ravens um, are better at anybody doing it. And I say that because although you mentioned the Chicago Bears are playing better, I mean, you know, are, are the top team that's rushing. They're not winning football games. The Ravens know how to utilize their strengths. Oh, and by the way, win in the process. So I just really think that, you know, we've heard for so many years how, you know, the run game has become obsolete and, and you know, the you you have to have a passing um, offense. And I, I don't disagree with that. I do think that you do have to have uh, some type of passing offense, because in the playoffs it does matter. However, when you start looking at the teams that 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 the Ravens would potentially be playing against, right? The Buffalo Bills, the Kansas City Chiefs. Those teams they don't play in warm cities; they play in cold cities. So, what do you want to do if it's snowing outside? What do you think that offenses, uh, offensive coordinators, is going to call? Runs. Exactly. Am I tripping? You know what I'm saying? Like nobody's going to want to pass through, you know, wins and and, and all of that stuff. They're going to want to try to keep the ball on the ground. So if you're really good at it, you have a better chance of winning those football games and those types of elements as opposed to anybody else. So I just, I, I want us, us meaning the flockers, I want us to get comfortable with the ideal that you know, the Ravens are really good at running the football and it helps them win football games. That's okay. It really is, I promise you.
1: It definitely is. I mean, it's what they do best. I mean, you know, is they that's what makes Lamar Jackson one of the better players in the league is the fact that he can run the ball and make everybody around him better in that regard. It opens up, it changes every dynamic in the run game because you have a guy like Lamar. And it's a weapon that, no other team has. The other teams, sure, they have mobile quarterbacks that lead their team in rushing and you know do the things that help their team win games, but Lamar does it. He he's, he he's has the ability to take it to another level. And that's that's what makes you feel good about uh the trends that are happening right now. And the fact that the Ravens are winning games and getting better in the run game. They're gonna get Gus back, you know, this week, it sounds like. So uh you have to feel good about how this plays out for the Ravens going forward. If they're able to continue to play their style of football, impose their will on teams and and don't get in a situation to where they have to necessarily leave the run game alone, it, it makes for a successful season, I think, for them. Completely agree.
0: Before we get to the next segment, make sure that you're subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast so that you can get all of the new episodes as soon as it drops. Okay, so we talked about the run game, but we have to talk about the pass game to some capacity. And it has been anemic, Uh, you know, they've gotten first downs when they've needed to, uh, but we have seen what this team is like now without Mark Andrews. And ironically enough, uh, we saw Lamar Jackson spreading the ball pretty well without having Mark Andrews there, which was really good to see. Um, my concern, Cordell, is what happens when this team gets Mark Andrews back? Now, here we know that Mark Andrews is a world-class tight end. He's one of the best to do it in the National Football League. You want Mark Andrews on the field. I don't care what the situation is. If he's healthy, you want him out there. Um, But the concern is, are we going to see spreading the ball around if Mark Andrews does return? And that is just something that I, I think that we've struggled with because we know that there was a tale of two halves in the Tampa game, which the first half Mark Andrews did play in, the second half he didn't. They look like a completely different football team than in the Saints game. While like the passing wasn't like prolific per se, we saw the ball get spread around to, to many different receivers. How can you, the Ravens, find a way to continue to have Mark Andrews being, you know, the guy in an offense, but still getting your other guys involved? I feel like that that's potentially an issue when Mark Andrews comes back.
1: Yeah, you know, it's, it's definitely going to be an issue. The Ravens have not shown, Lamar has not shown that he can consistently spread the ball around to the other guys on this offense when Mark Andrews is on the field. He just not. He just has not shown that. he. Lamar locks in, you know, he locks into Mark Andrews and Lamar talks a lot about how he trusts his guys and I believe he does, you know, but does he trust them when Andrews is on the field? Obviously, he trusts Mark Andrews more. Nothing wrong with that. That's how it's supposed to be. He's the best weapon. Uh, next to Lamar, that they have on this offense. I have no issue with that. But the thing is, you have to avoid being as, you know, predictable as possible. Uh, it, it's just crazy to me that the Ravens are okay at times with going so one-dimensional in the past mm-hmm. games. You know, it's, I just don't understand how it, how that's beneficial for them. And I understand Mark Andrews has had – a an an, an, an amazing amount of success no doubt all pro last year but one guy is only going to be able to take you but so far you have to at least find other ways to get other people involved and they have guys that can get involved they have Devin Duvernay you know they have Isaiah Likely obviously the running running game is there Demarcus Robinson has shown when he's gotten opportunities that he can be somebody that they can count on you know and all you need it's just for somebody to alleviate a little bit of pressure off Mark Andrews, who is getting beat up right now. I mean, he's dealing with a shoulder issue. He's dealing with a knee issue. That's never good when a player is dealing with an upper body and a lower body injury. It's, it's never a good thing. This is a guy that carries a lot of weight on this offense. And I think I'm not going to say he's breaking down, but I think he's at a point right now to where, you know, it, it's tough. It's tough. He's taking a lot of hits because he's getting a lot of touches. And even on the plays, he doesn't get a touch. He works so hard throughout the course of a play to get open. You know, that is it it takes a lot out of you. So at some point, somebody else has to step up. Guys have got to start winning some of their one on one matchups and making themselves available to Lamar. Lamar's got to do a better job of keeping everybody engaged, keeping other players involved and hitting some of these guys when they're open, you know, because I understand some of these windows aren't going to be as open as others, but it's been some wide open guys that Lamar has missed. And it's been times where these players aren't winning in one-on-one battles. Everybody has to get more consistent. um, But I do think it will help just for Lamar to at least give these guys more opportunities.
0: Yeah. I, I think that, you know, listen, you, you always want to get your best play in the ball, you know, and so I completely understand why Mark Andrews is the, the focal point of this offense, but it's very, look, the defenses know that too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's the part I always like get confused about. So that means somebody is open out there, well, you know, and yes, have we seen guys in the past, um, you know, have issues with getting open? Sure. But also I think sometimes when you, I, I wonder how much is that, um, on the receiver or is that on Lamar trying to see if he can get his w- number one option open and then eventually when he moves along then those guys aren't open right and so you got to re- look if, if Andrews is being bracketed fine somebody got to be he can be the decoy for all I care somebody has got to be available somebody has got to be open and I just really feel like you start you have to start using these mismatches when they are available that's how I would work with Mark Andrews in the second half of the season when he comes back obviously if he's open you get him the ball because he's great at running option routes he's great at finding niches in between coverages that he can get you know open So you don't want to just phase him out, obviously. That being said, I have no problem if the Ravens just find a way to say, look, Mark Andrews, do this. That way this guy can get open, this guy can get open, and you start throwing the ball to the other guy. Then what's going to happen is the defense has to respect your other players, right? If they're getting catches, now you have an opportunity to give Mark Andrews the ball freely. That's the part that I'm just – I really just would like to see more of that, as opposed to Mark Andrews being this entire off passing offense. It, it, you know, as great as a player as he is, it's just not going to work down the stretch. No. Everybody knows that Mark Andrews is the top player in this, this offense. <laughs> Who doesn't know that? You know what I mean? Right.
1: Yeah, you definitely got to get other guys involved. It's it, it's it's simple offense. I mean, it's it, yeah, it'll win you a couple of games. You know go forcing, force feed and Mark Andrews, especially what we have to realize is also that the Ravens don't throw the ball a ton. So on yeah. average, if the Ravens throw the ball 16 times in the game and Mark Andrews is playing, he's probably getting at least nine of those targets. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I don't, may not even have a big issue with that, but the thing is, you, you just have to find ways to get everybody else involved as well. You, you limit yourself, you know, uh, you, you, you limit yourself when when you do things like that. So I, I really think it's a point of emphasis for the Ravens, especially coming off the bye week. John Harbaugh talked about self-scouting. You know, that's one of the things I hope that they self-scouted is the thing that the, is the fact that they need to find ways to get some of these other guys involved um, in the in the pass game. The pass game doesn't have to be great. It doesn't. It just has to be there when you need it. And for it to be there when you need it, you're going to need more than just one guy, to be, you know, available to you in this past game. And Deshaun Jackson, you know, maybe he turns out to be, you know, something for this offense. He doesn't, he, again, he doesn't have to be great, but he has to just do his job of forcing people to respect the deep ball, being there, um, being being there at the, to, to, to you know, to, to cut off the big play and open it up in that intermediate uh, area, especially in the middle of the field where Mark Andrews does a lot of his work Open it up for him there, and Isaiah Likely. I think incorporating Isaiah Likely more in the past game. He's out there, but actually throwing him the ball more, even with Mark Andrews out there, only helps Andrews. I've said it a million times. Defense is having to guard both of these guys uh, in the middle of the field is a problem. The Ravens don't expose that enough in my mind.
0: I, I completely agree, and 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 I just I pro- it, I feel. If that, that's what they did, then we wouldn't even be having these, these conversations about how we feel about this pass offense because it would be opening up this pass offense with the guys that you have. You literally have to use the strengths of uh, of what, of the guys that you have. We saw Isaiah Likely getting involved in this offense. I have no idea what Kolar brings, you know, or, or how you use him at this point, right, um, because Mark Andrews is the guy. Isaiah likely is barely getting the touches that he can, he would get, you know, when Mark Andrews is playing. And we had really high hopes about him uh, in training camp because of the things that we saw from him. So now you got another weapon, but I don't know where he fits in this offense, quite frankly, but you could use him, sure. You know what I'm saying? Um, so you just have to find a way to get the ball around. That is the key. I don't, listen, the Ravens are who they are. They have who they have. You don't have a prolific wide receiver right now. Rashard Bateman is not available. And so you don't have a great wide receiver on this roster. That doesn't mean that the wide receiver should not be involved simply because they're not great based on, you know, NFL standards. James Prochet can get first downs. Devin DuVernay, we've seen, what, we can, what they can do with him. I'm not going to even bring in Deshaun Jackson because I feel like Deshaun Jackson ain't going to be too healthy anyway, Cordell. He can't help himself. He a fast dude, but he an older dude. So hamstring injuries is going to be the story of his career as a Baltimore Raven. That doesn't mean that you don't have other guys on this roster that can't contribute to what it is that you're trying to do from a passing perspective and greg roman and lamar jackson has to find a way to make sure that everybody is getting a piece of the pie when mark andrews comes back because if you keep focusing on mark andrews you're not going to win football games that way i don't care what your record says down the stretch if everybody knows that your guy is mark andrews and they find a way to phase out that guy then guess what that's going to be the game plan and you should find a way to do something about that type of defense. It's not hard. I really feel like it's
1: super easy here. No, nah, it is. It is. I mean, a lot of it is because this offense is centered around the tight end position. And Mark Andrews being the lead at that position, you know, it causes them to at times lock in. And, and we're not going to act like they've had no success with kind of force feeding Mark Andrews the ball. And that's kind of been a, a gift and a curse for them you yep. know what i'm saying is is to this point so that's that's it's it's a habit that they have to break and it's not easy it's it's tough to go cold turkey you know what i'm saying and uh and, and i think that that's kind of the battle that the ravens are fighting within themselves right now is they almost ha- it's not a natural thing for them to incorporate these wide receivers into the past game they have to actually make a concerted effort to make sure they start throwing these guys the ball. That's not and, – and really it's on Lamar. He's the one that's got – you know, he's, he's, he dictates who gets the target and who doesn't. Sure, Greg Roman calls plays that are intended for a certain player, but ultimately Lamar is the one that has to throw said player the ball. You know, um, if, if, if he's not going to make the concerted effort to actually get others involved even when 89 is on the field, then honestly we're just wasting our breath. Yeah.
0: So uh, hopefully, uh, Greg Roman and Lamar Jackson, I don't know if you even listen to this podcast, but if you heard about it before and someone tells you what we're talking about, please find a way to spread the love. Spread love is to be more Please do. (laughs) Before we get to our last segment, uh, let's make sure, guys, that you are subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast so you can make sure that you can get all of the Ravens flock updates from myself, Rita, as well as Cordell. So now we're at the second half of the season, and we've talked about the strength of schedule, obviously. Um, and everybody likes to point out that the Ravens have a extremely favorable strength of schedule. And you know, I'm not a, a huge watcher um, of you know schedules, because at the end of the day, these NFL teams are still playing for something. Um, The Panthers, for example, are in the AFC South. They're technically still in it for the AFC South title. So they're still playing for something. And so um, you, you notice that the Ravens have a favorable schedule. But then you start looking at the other teams in the AFC. We really thought going into the season that the AFC was going to be very top heavy. And it really feels like Just a couple of teams that were top-heavy and then everybody else. And then it feels like those top-heavy teams are flawed as well. For example, we saw Buffalo lose in overtime in a thriller against the Vikings, and now they're 6-3. and Yes, they do have the head-to-head against the Ravens, but nonetheless, they looked a little bit more uh, human, for lack of a better term. And then you have the Chiefs, who obviously the Bills uh, beat a few weeks back, and then when you look at their schedule, they still have the Chargers um, to play on Sunday night. They play the Bengals, who they lost to twice last year, um, you know, and, and they, they still have the Broncos, who although the Broncos can't score, they have a top defense. No matter how you, you you try to you know slice it, so when you start looking at the AFC and you're starting to see, okay, everybody has flaws. Maybe everybody ain't unbeatable that we thought that they were. How do you think that the Ravens fare against the Bills of the the, the
1: NFL, the Chiefs, the Titans, and such? Yeah, I mean, right now, I would say that the Ravens fare pretty well. You know, they have the style of play that, that can, if nothing else, keep them in games. They will make it so that they will be tough to beat at any point. When you have the run game that the Ravens have, you have the defense that it looks like they have. You know, it, it's tough to beat a team like that, um, and, and I just think that right now, when you when you look at this, the look at the Bills. I mean, the Bills lose on Sunday to the Vikings, and albeit I think it's a little bit of the 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 Vikings are, are better than we all originally thought, and I also yeah. think it's some of it that the Bills aren't as untouchable as some of us might have thought. So, you know, this Buffalo team definitely can be beaten. Uh, They've shown that. Um, And as far as the Chiefs, I mean, the Chiefs are the Chiefs. Chiefs, You know, they are are pretty legit. And I'm not sitting here saying that I don't think the Ravens can beat them. I think anybody can be be beaten on any given Sunday. We just watched the Eagles lose to the Commanders on Monday night. You know, I mean, anybody wants... You Once you start spilling yourself and feeling like you can't be beaten, that's exactly when the NFL will hum you. So the Ravens aren't the type of team that I think that we can look at and say they are going to catch anybody by surprise. I think everybody knows that the Ravens are a tough team to beat. Um, but I just feel like you look at the NFL right now and you look at a league where it's tough right now to get hot, and I see some of these teams – Potentially being one of those teams that peaked too early. Last year, we saw New England got hot, wasn't like November, you know, October, November. They they were maybe the hottest team of the month, and yeah. they cooled off big time. They cooled off big time. And Lamar said something at the, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago when the Ravens were struggling a little bit that they didn't want to peak too soon, and I think that was important. Uh, at the time when he said it and looking now not to say that I you know the Ravens are on a three game win streak right now I don't want the Ravens to necessarily be playing their best football right now in November I'm not saying I don't want them to play good football but you want them to get better as the year goes on you just want to make sure you don't run out of steam it's a long season it's a grueling season with so much wear and tear on these guys bodies Um, definitely want to go out there and win every game but like I said you don't want to peak in the month of November because what does that do for you when you get to January? You know, yep. it, do, it means nothing. So uh, the, the good thing is that you look at the Ravens style and I feel like they have the style of play that can, with, that can win games in any month, you know, and not every team has that recipe. And, you know, we saw the Bills come to Baltimore and beat the Ravens earlier in the season. It was a tough game. We saw the Dolphins come to Baltimore and beat them as well on a comeback. So, these are these there are teams in the AFC that the Ravens are going to have to deal with if they want to get to where they want to go. Um but ultimately I I do think they have a pretty good shot uh if they can you know stay the course and continue to get better each week and get not only get healthier but stay healthy. Um they they they'll have a pretty good shot I think when we get to January.
0: Yeah, it just really feels like Miami right now is like the, the one team that it feels like the Ravens would have the most issue with because of the uh, uh, elusiveness of Tyreek Hill. And they're Jaylee so Wyatt. fast. Yeah,
1: they're so yeah, fast. They're as just an so offense. fast.
0: Their their run game has improved as well, and their defense is pretty good. And, and you know, they, they traded for Bradley Chubb, so that's been a change for them as well. Um, you know, everybody else truly feels, and, and, and like, you know, it's funny because the Dolphins play in a division with the Bills, so they're in a grueling fight to just have the AFC East. Let alone, you know, seeding positions. So you want to hope that they beat each other up enough, where it's like, you know, and that division itself is is pretty good. What we didn't, what we thought that the AFC West was going to be is what the AFC East is. Quite frankly, all four of those teams are pretty good teams. You know, the, the Patriots are what they are, but guess what? They still coached by Bill Belichick. They're going to find a way to win games. The Jets have been, you know, have overachieved to what we thought that they'd be. And then you got the, the the Dolphins and the Bills. So what you would like to think is that that division just beats each other up. So then by the time that they get to the postseason, they, they kind of run out of gas a little bit. But I agree. I do think that, you know, being dominant early on could potentially um, be a detriment because then it's like, what is it? If you're doing really, really well early on and you have a loss, you're thinking, well, what is it that I need to change? For instance, you mentioned the commanders game with the Eagles. Well, guess what? We all watch that game. The Eagles are probably going to go into that at, when they watch the film and be like, yeah, we didn't really play well, but, but we we are the ones that beat ourselves. Not necessarily, what do we need to do in the future to make changes so then that turns into a win? You know what I'm saying? And I think that when you go through bumps early on, you find ways to to evolve, you find ways to fix the problems and it allows you to have a better run and the stretch. When you start off hot it it's not it's not you it's it's you, it's not them that were better than you. It's you beating you. And I don't necessarily know if I agree with that logic, right? So I do think that the Ravens are in a good position right now. I mean, they obviously upgraded. We know with Roquan Smith and that defense, we believe will be one of a really, a really good defense down the stretch. Um, You know, they've got their run game back. And again, I mentioned potentially cold weather situations. The Ravens have a, a uh, on an offense that will go well with inclement weather. So, I do think that they're in a good position, um, you know, in terms of could they potentially be in a fight for a number one seed? I think that, you know, it, uh, their schedule allows them to feel confident about that, along with the fact that they're getting some, you know, um, components back into their offense, like a Mark Andrews and, and you know, like a Marcus Williams, eventually a David Ajabo down the stretch that that has them confident in thinking that they
1: really can make a run. Yeah, I mean, for sure, you know the, the Ravens have things set up in place right now for them to get hot uh, on the back end of the in the in the season. And look, you look around the NFL, the Ravens are dangerous. You know, they're they're a really dangerous team right now in a league where nobody's really separating themselves from the pack. In a league where nobody I think is head and shoulders better than everybody, the Ravens. I think it's going to come down to who is the more uh who what team is built for this more. What yep. team is the toughest? You know, at the end of the yeah. year, what team has gone through the most adversity and it's come out and survived? And, you know, I think the Ravens are positioning themselves to be one of those type of teams. And, you know, not to say that every team doesn't go through that type of stuff, but it's, it's about how you respond. And the Ravens have been very good at responding this year, even on the games that they've had the letdowns in. They have not lost back-to-back games once this season. You know, that strikes me as a team that learns quickly from their mistakes and they don't come out and do the same thing that cost them the game uh, before. Can they get better? Sure. They definitely have things that they can improve on right now. But I would say if I'm the Ravens, I feel pretty good about my trajectory going forward. Absolutely.
0: And the first test of this trajectory is the the Carolina Panthers, who will be starting Baker Mayfield. You got to assume that Baker Mayfield will be having a chip on his shoulder because he's playing against one of his former rivals. And the fact that he, you know, um, was essentially benched. I mean, because he was, he's he, yes, he had a high ankle sprain, I'm aware. But once he had, once he was healthy, they said, nah, we're going to stick with PJ. But now he has an opportunity to try to redeem himself. So I have to assume that he's going to give it his 110% in this game on Sunday. And the Ravens need to be prepared for that.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. And I, I keep telling everybody, man, the Panthers, while the Panthers do stink, it's any given Sunday, anybody can be beaten. The minute you go out there thinking your stuff don't stink, that's the minute you get caught slipping.
0: Absolutely. And Brian Burns and DJ Moore are still on his team. So, you know, there's that. And and you got to respect those two players at the very minimum. Thank you so much, for everyone, for listening. We will be back on Friday to have our preview with the Panthers and the Ravens. Cordell has been on a roll. So I feel like I should just let you pick the games at this point. You can just pick my <laughs> answer, Cordell, because oh, you've been oh. on a
1: Yeah, we'll see how I feel at the end of the week. But I I think it's safe to say, barring anything drastic, at least I'm going to go with the Ravens.
0: All right. All right. Sounds good. I'm excited to hear what we have to say about our preview uh, come Friday. And thank you again, everyone, for listening. So from Cordell to me, this is Winning (laughs) Drive.